In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Today is a special day in uh, the church calendar that encourages us to think about um, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, to, to think about um, Holy Communion, uh, whether we call it um, after its Greek-inspired name, Eucharist, from the Greek Eucharistia, which means Thanksgiving, or whether we call it Holy Communion or Communion or the Mass or the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper, whatever it is we call this sacrament, the Church invites us today especially to think about what it means for us. What does it mean that Jesus offered himself to his disciples then and now? What does it mean that we take Christ into ourselves to become his body and blood in the world? Today in some places, especially in Italy and Spain and in a few churches in, in our country, um, the Blessed Sacrament, once it's blessed, is, is taken outside. Um, there are processions that go uh, through the streets, on the sidewalks, through the villages, all over the place. Um, it's an effort to remind those within the church, and especially those without, um, that the body and blood of Christ, the, the Holy Sacrament, communion, um, is not intended for um, a few very holy, perfect people uh, cloistered off in um, some forgotten, hidden place. It's for the whole world. It's for all of us. It's, it's for um, uh, the least holy people. It's, it's for you and me and everyone else. It's for the world broken, fallen, dirty, and distracted. That's why God has come into the world in the form of Jesus Christ and why God continues to come. When I think about how far the church has sometimes gotten away from this simple sharing of Christ's meal with his friends and followers, I sometimes think about a musical piece that uh, beautifully illustrates this point. It, it illustrates it with beauty and with eloquence. Um, when the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. opened in 1971, uh, they commissioned Leonard Bernstein to write a piece for the opening of the center. Um, and they wanted it big. They wanted it splashy. Um, and so they told him, you know, throw everything you've got at it. Uh, include people and music and make it big and over the top and uh, make it memorable. Well, he did. Bernstein turned to one of the oldest uh, texts available, that of the Roman Mass. And he transformed the understanding of the, the, the sung and written form of the Mass to be this, this larger-than-life extravaganza, a little bit almost like a Cirque du Soleil performance in our day. There aren't people flying through the air, but if Bernstein redid it today, they probably would be. There's everything else. 
If you're familiar at all, and you probably are without even knowing it, the, the form of the Latin Mass kind of followed a particular way, especially through the Middle Ages. And what uh, Roman Catholic churches do today for worship, what we do is a trimmed down, abbreviated version of this high medieval form. Um, it would begin with a Kyrie, the Lord have mercy, and then a Gloria, glory be to God the Father, like, like we sang a minute ago. And then it moves through various pieces of our worship together that would be familiar to us. And so that's what Bernstein's Mass does. Um, and yet in music that was contemporary for the 70s, with dance, with, um, uh, with real issues of that day, um, Bernstein's Mass begins with simplicity, with the character of a young man in jeans and a guitar. And he senses a calling to be a priest. And so he sings God uh, what's called a simple song. Uh, we've heard it in church from time to time, this particular setting of simple song by Bernstein. It's a redo of a psalm. Um, but as the musical mass that Bernstein has constructed progresses, the young man who becomes a priest progresses. He becomes a priest. He sings uh, Gloria Tibi with the children of the, the church uh, as though it were a confirmation class. There are other songs that people sing of doubt, of hope, of thanks. Um, a couple of songs of outright blasphemy as people are, are honest, wrestling with um, their lack of understanding or sensing God's presence. Um, they're singing of a poignant longing for God to come close. It's all there in Bernstein's Mass. And like any musical setting of a Mass, um, it sort of aims toward that moment of Sanctus and Benedictus where the, the elements of wine and bread are, are consecrated, are changed, are made holy into body and blood of Christ. We use that Latin term, sanctus, 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 holy, holy, holy. But it comes right out of the Bible in Isaiah, where Isaiah says in Hebrew, kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. And so Bernstein, in his wonder, um, puts all of that together. And so the, the sanctus uses the Hebrew and the Latin and the English. And there's, there's music and there's sound and there's all sorts of things as it moves toward this place where the chalice and the bread are held up to be made holy. But then something happens. In the, the noise and the wonder and the light and the movement of Bernstein's Mass, all of a sudden the priest drops the chalice and it breaks. It, it shatters and wine goes all over the place. It symbolizes the, the shattering of the priest's self. It, it symbolizes the, the breakup of the church, of, of disunity in a world that once was unified. It, it, it symbolizes so much that the culture experienced in 1971 that we would experience in different ways with different names today. But it gets to the heart of what it means for things to break, for things to be broken. It's not just this priest character who's broken. It's not just the theater goer or the person who's watching this performance that's, that's broken or can relate to the brokenness. But it takes us back to that original breaking of bread on the night before Jesus' own body would begin to be broken. When Jesus looks at his friends and disciples, takes the bread and blesses it and breaks it and gives it to them and says, Take, eat, this is my body. 
Bernstein makes the point in his Mass, the point that is alive for us in Scripture, in theology, in our practice, that it's, that it's only when we come in touch with our own brokenness that Holy Communion begins to make sense. As Jesus has said, he comes not for those who are well, but he comes for those who are sick. The priest character in Bernstein's Mass learns that the key to the sacrament is that when we're at our most broken, whether that's physically through sickness or disease or fatigue or mentally by stress or worry or overwork or or maybe spiritually through doubt or distance or dark nights of the soul, whenever that is, we have the Eucharist to turn to, to take into ourselves We can turn to Christ's body and blood, those very things that are left when Christ himself is broken. They become seeds of salvation, food and drink that are a a foretaste for the fullness we one day will know with God. Long ago, Ignatius of Antioch referred to um, the Holy Sacrament as medicine of immortality. He wrote, this medicine of immortality is the antidote to prevent us from dying. It enables us to live forever in Jesus Christ. And so whenever we're famished, or perhaps when we're overfed on the things of the world, but still going hungry spiritually, Jesus says to all of us, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. When we most thirst for God, Jesus says, you who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life and I'll I'll raise you up at the last day. And even when we don't know exactly what we need, when prayer doesn't feel like it's working for us, when the church doesn't seem to notice us, and it feels like there's nowhere we can turn, Jesus says to you and to me, come, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Drink this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant shed for you. In Bernstein's work, when the priest character is feeling broken, he sort of sings, stutters a song. He says, oh, I suddenly feel every step I've ever taken My legs are lead, and I suddenly see every hand I've ever shaken, and my arms are dead. I feel every psalm that I've ever sung turn to wormwood, wormwood on my tongue. And I wonder, was I ever really young? It's odd, he says. It's odd, like this mass of glass on the floor, How fine it would be to rest my head and lay me down, down in the wine, which never was really red, but sort of brown. And let not another word be spoken. Oh, how easily things get broken. That's our experience as people of faith trying to live in the world. That's our experience as the church. We get broken. Sometimes we're a part of the breaking and sometimes we're victims of the brokenness. But either way, there is a place to return for repair, for renewal. In Bernstein's Mass, this happens dramatically. 
when the priest figure is at his lowest. He's, he's run out of words. He's run out of energy. He's, he's run out of everything that once sustained him. He begins to hear this faint voice. This faint little voice singing, Lauda, laude, praise, praise. It's the voice of a child uh, singing this simple song, the same song that the priest began at the very beginning of the musical with. But it returns to that beauty of simplicity, the beauty of holiness in what is pure and simple and childlike and easy. Sing God a simple song, the child sings. Praise God, praise, praise. God doesn't ask that we come to the table perfect. God doesn't ask that we fully understand what happens in the mystery of Holy Communion. God only asks that we come with open hands, willing to receive what God would give us, ready to allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest. And so let us bring our broken lives before God. Let us share of one body and one bread, of one cup. Let us be healed. The medicine of immortality is ours. Let us be renewed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.